We have to talk about old-growth timber, and certainly not for the first time. The Biden administration has elevated the issue with an executive order from the president putting more attention on mature and old-growth, MOG, forests and their potential protection on federal land. Now something like 200 scientists from higher education and environmental organizations have signed on to a letter asking for another executive order, one that would place a moratorium on logging mature and old-growth forests on federal land pending further study. We have two of the signers on the line from the Rogue Valley, Dominic De La Sala, chief scientist at Wild Heritage, a project of Earth Island Institute. Welcome back, Dominic. Thanks for having me on again, Jeffrey. Pleasure. You bet. Beverly Law is with us as well, Professor Emeritus of Global Change Biology at Oregon State University. Welcome, Dr. Law. Thank you, Jeffrey. So I understand you played a major role in this letter coming to be. Would you tell that story? Well, it starts with 30 years of research. Um, You know, mature and old-growth forests that store vast amount of carbon and are critically important for slowing climate change and preventing species losses. And there are international efforts as well as national efforts for protecting the existing maternal growth forests. And so yet we're at only about 20% are protected on, in the Western U.S. And another study showed, one Dominic's on, only 24% of maternal growth forests are protected across the lower 48 states. So, you know, this is an extremely small portion and not enough to minimize losses of carbon stored in trees and losses of animals and plant species. Um, the main issue of logging is, is a major threat, and it continues, even though multiple studies show that logging is the primary threat to forests. And, for example, in the lower 48 states, carbon losses from harvest is about five times the losses from all other disturbances combined. You know, that's that's shocking. So, unfortunately, there appears to be no expectation of the National Forest to change their existing cutting plans. And uh, we're concerned that the proposed old growth amendment doesn't include the mature forest, which are on their way to becoming old growth forests. They're already developing some old age characteristics. So the agencies expect, and it was written there, uh, that they expect a three-year delay to address mature forests, yet we only have seven more years to meet that 30% target that Biden put out there. So we called for a moratorium on cutting mature and old-growth forests on federal lands during the amendment process. So basically, just to reach their own numbers, you're saying the Biden administration really needs to do this? Absolutely. Now, I notice it's uh, by no means uh, this this uh, document is not signed by just climate or forest scientists. I notice people from private business and nonprofits and high school teachers and even a veterinary consultant. How how were all the people rounded up to sign on to this letter? I'm not really sure, but for the scientist letter, um, I know a lot of the people on there. They're um, you know, mostly deans, department heads, National Academies people, um, people that do research in this area. And so uh, I'm not sure if there were, Dominic might know the other people, but um, it's a lot of people and it's people who've been working this area for a long time. And as you said, this is, this is really old news in some ways um, because there's, you know, there continues to be this problem of these, these are forests meant for multiple use. And what was probably might've been good in the past is not good now under climate change. 
Huh. Circumstances have changed then, for sure. We're talking to uh, Dr. Beverly Law, Professor Emeritus of Global Change Biology at Oregon State University, and Dr. Dominic Della Sala, the Chief Scientist at Wild Heritage, a project of Earth Island Institute, about a letter they signed on to, along with about 198 other people, urging the Biden administration to declare a moratorium on logging of mature and old-growth forests uh, for a certain period. We'll get into that in just a moment. You can join this conversation with emails to jx at jeffnet.org. So, Dominic, if you would, back us up a few steps. Remind us what the Biden administration has done already to address uh, mature and old-growth forests. Yeah, thanks, Jeffrey. And it's such a pleasure to have this interview with Dr. Law. She's been a leader in this for many years now, especially on the carbon side. Uh, So what you're hearing from us today is that there is solid scientific evidence backing the importance of protecting mature and old-growth forests as a climate and biodiversity strategy for dealing with the global losses that are occurring around the planet. Our future depends on getting off of fossil fuels and using nature-based solutions to help in a complementary way solve the climate and biodiversity crisis. So a a number of events have led to this. First of all, thankfully, the Biden administration back uh, in the first days of when they took office issued an executive order to protect 30 percent of lands and waters by 2030, which is what Dr. Law was alluding to. And they've done very little since then. There's been some great marine protections and some national monuments that were restored But by and large, they've done very little on forests. They put the Tongass roadless protections back in place, and we're very grateful for that. But they've got a long ways to go, as the nation has only protected about 12% of its lands and waters. And to get to 30% in just six years is going to require some bold steps, which thus far the administration has not taken. They did issue, the president issued Earth Day 2022, an executive order directing the federal agencies to inventory mature and old growth forests for conservation purposes. However, what was missing in that is the executive order blames natural disturbances for the loss of mature and old growth forests. And really, we're looking at the legacy of unsustainable logging that really started accelerating around the time of post-World War II, taking out the largest trees and the biggest uh, old-growth forest that we had in the country, which is why we need to focus on mature and not just old-growth. So we have these two executive orders. We have the president that, along with 145 nations, signed on to the Glasgow Forest Pledge to end deforestation and forest degradation by 2030, yet we haven't even done that in the United States. So here's a wonderful opportunity to bring the two executive orders together, which is the 30 by 30 and the inventory process, and to comply with the U.S. commitment, the pledge to end forest degradation, which would also contribute to the Paris Climate Agreement as we are a signatory on the agreement to reduce fossil fuel emissions and emissions across all sectors, including forestry. And the best way to do that is to end the destructive logging of mature and old-growth forests and large trees. So we've got two ships passing in the night here. We've got these executive orders, 
And we've got the Forest Service and the BLM that are pretty much thumbing their nose on this because there are logging sales that are taking place in these forests, even though we've got executive direction for conservation purposes that has yet to play out. This year is going to be the year that will break or make mature and old-growth forests because not only do we have this national old-growth amendment, but we also have the revision of the Northwest Forest Plan that is occurring at the same time. Dominic Della Beverly Law, our guests on the Jefferson Exchange. We're talking about old growth logging and them signing on to a letter along with about 200 other scientists requesting a moratorium on old growth logging on federal lands. I'll read the, uh, the, the key part of their letter. We request that you now direct the Forest Service and BLM to suspend all timber sales in mature and old growth forests and refrain from proposing new timber sales in these forests while the federal agencies develop their environmental impact statements that best comply with Executive Order 14. In securing a national network of conservation areas, Beverly Law, what's the concern about what might happen while the environmental impact statements are being prepared? Well, there are already um, forest plans that that are in place and underway, and they're listed in the Federal Register, and they're they're out there for um, logging mature old forests. And so, you know, what seems to be happening is we're losing forests before we can even get the program running, and we need to be able to have them included in this. So, so there's a there's a problem there, and that that it it doesn't appear that anything's going to change during the interim here. So um, sales will losing, keep going on. And do you have any idea how many acres or board feet are out there in awarded sales? No, I don't have that off the top of my head. Um, but I, you know, I do have an idea of the amount of area that's in forest in the different forest um, age groups that's been estimated by the Forest Service. Is it the and, position oh, then that the sales uh, that that sales frozen now would be canceled? Is that part of what you're asking for? I think um, if you look at the deputy's letter, they have a, a plan for at least having the deputy approve. Um, the, the existing forest plans as they go through. So they're going to work through that. Um, and it's it's just that, well, there isn't enough definition in there to determine exactly what's going to happen, but you can assume if it's an old-growth forest, they're logging old-growth, and only 8% of the, 18% of the forest land in Forest Service and BLM is old-growth. Dominic Della Sala, this position on its face appears to be the inverse of what the timber industry has said many times, and that was, in essence, let's keep cutting until we have better science. Are you saying stop cutting until we have better science or just stop cutting? Uh, we have all the science that we need. Uh, <laughs> we've got decades of science on the biodiversity and ecosystem benefits from mature and old-growth forests. And we have now over a decade of new carbon science, much of which has been the result of Dr. Law's work over the years, that these forests are irreplaceable. And they are really the true working forest. If you measure work in terms of all the benefits we get from the forest, and not just two-by-fours, these are the, the nation's best working forests. Now, I want to jump in on the question of how much is at stake currently. And the uh, climate forest campaign identified over 24 sales that are in mature and old-growth forests currently across the nation. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. There are more than just 24. 
In addition, my own analysis, we identified that uh, something in the, in the order of 50 million acres of mature and old growth forests have no formal protections. So let's say that he that shall not be named becomes the next president. Those 50 million acres could advance to the stage of timber sales. This is why we've got to get these places protected now while we have this opportunity, while this is the year of mature and old growth forests. We have all the science we need. We just need the action. So uh, the late successional reserves as identified in the Northwest Forest Plan, Beverly Law, would they become untouchable under this uh, proposal? Oh, I suppose so, yeah. And a lot of them are um, these wet forests, we call them wet forests, and, and that doesn't really, or a moist forest, it doesn't really need logging for anything. Like um, people have asked about wildfire and wildfire uh, potential. These um, typically have a very long time frame in between wildfires, but any type of logging to or thinning to reduce the risk of wildfires or to reduce the fire severity is futile because those those forests are closed canopies. They create their own environment, and it's cooler and wetter in those forests. You open them up, they get drier. The wind penetrates the canopy and carries fire. Now, there was a process that allowed uh, comment on um, on old growth forests until February 2nd. Dominic Della Sala, what's the next step in that process? Yeah, there was a lot of comments that went into that, so thousands of comments. And it would be interesting to see how this is going to play out in terms of the percentage supporting mature and old growth protections, I'm willing to bet it's going to be on the exceptionally high side. But anyway, I think the next step here is we're going to see an environmental impact statement that the Forest Service is going to do on this old growth amendment sometime around June. At the same time, the Northwest Forest Plan, which we haven't spent much time on yet, uh, is also racing to get through a revision process. And there are concerns that the Forest Service may likewise thumb its nose on how much of the mature and old growth will be protected in the reserve network and also the forests that are not in the reserves Mm -hmm. that are out there in the so-called matrix where logging can occur need to be part of the conservation strategy. Okay, we have to 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 stop it there. I'm sorry because we're out of time. Dominic Della Sala from uh, Wild Heritage, Beverly Law, Professor Emeritus from Oregon State University. Thank you both for joining us on the Jefferson Exchange. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thank you, Jeffrey.